Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family. What's up, team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Look, Catapulting Commissions family, we often talk about the world of sales leadership, executive leadership, and the, the challenges that come with it. Because the truth is, in Catapulting Commissions, we talk about a lifestyle where you can develop a consistent commissionable income. That is great for the individual contributor, but to you, my loyal listeners, many of you have reached out to me that, hey, I'm not just an individual contributor. I contribute at a much greater level. I have people that I'm pushing. My commission comes from the team, not no longer my individual thoughts, which leads me to our guest today. Our guest today, Michelle Cox, comes from us in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She's an executive life and leadership coach. She helps executives level up their business, leading with more impact, increasing engagement, productivity, and surpassing their key performance indicators. She's a business strategist uh, working with major uh, companies, major C-suite executives focused on their leadership development. And in a time that leaders are being challenged, I would say arguably one of the greatest times of my lifetime, there's a good person in your corner. And that person today is Michelle Cox. So be sure to listen to the full show. We'll drop all her contact info at the end. Michelle, welcome to the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad to have you. So, so let's jump into this, Michelle. I have I thought originally in, in, in the beginning of March 2020, I recorded a podcast and said, COVID, oh, it's going to be a challenging time. We're going to get through this. It is not going to be here later. We are going to 2022. And I have made a joke, but it's no longer a joke. It's the truth. In 10 or 15 years right now, executive and MBA and leadership programs are going to be writing books about how people handled this COVID pandemic from profitability, retention, growth, all the above. Right now, with the executives you see, what is causing them to lose sleep at night right now? I would say that they're they're not confident in the their team and the productivity that they're getting out of their team working remotely. Like they, they keep thinking that they're going to come back, that their team is going to come back in the office. And while they've been successful, they're meeting their goals and they're, they're seeing that. But from a relationship standpoint and teamwork standpoint and all of that, they're really struggling to drive that piece of it and that piece of the productivity. Mm. You know, you, you, I hear you on that. And I mean, I, we're, we're at the point now, we've been doing this some going on almost 24 months. So if they're losing sleep in this space, what are some of the things you can do to to engage with that productivity? And I completely agree with you. I have I have gone from a point where if I want to work with somebody, I would interview them, you know, meet them at a Starbucks, meet them in a conference room. And now I'm conducting all, a lot of interviews on Teams and Zoom, and I'm putting more weight. I personally hate it. 
and because I just I I love the connection. Like I, there's so much to be said. It's not always feasible right now. So so what can we do currently to to truly in, increase that productivity? And, and I would even argue productivity comes from an employee engagement, right? I mean, there's employers are having a hard time just retaining their people right now. So what is it that we can do in that space? Yeah, I would agree with you. So you you nailed it 100%. So the productivity comes from engagement. And one of the things that I'm seeing most about the employee engagement piece is that they're not building relationships the same way that they were building relationships when they were in person. So they get on a Zoom call and they're diving right into the business piece versus allowing people to get related and how was your weekend? What's new with you? How are the kids? You know, you usually typically walk into a meeting room and you have a social aspect to the actual meeting. And that is being completely removed. So what I'm working with my clients on is bringing back the social piece and being in relationship with their team and allowing their team to be in relationship with one another. Mm. It it. In bringing that social piece, I mean, are these are these like just, is this just like the five minutes before the call? Hey guys, how's your family? Or is this like, there's like an activity involved? What does that look like? It's really just being human. Like how would you be if you were showing up to a meeting? Would you dive right into the meeting or would you start off being like, hey, how is everybody? How was your weekend? And just allowing it to naturally flow and then dive in. So it's bringing how you would show up in person into the actual meeting room. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say I agree with that. I'm thinking about some of the calls that I've been been a part of that jump right to meetings, right? And nobody feels welcome when the executive where you have a meeting and you're like, hey, I have 25 minutes. Let's just jump right in and let's get going. And now, gr- granted, I, I, I probably pissed some people off right now because someone's gonna be like, Anthony, you don't know what my effing schedule looks like. You're probably right, I don't. But I have a busy schedule myself too. I know that if there's a time where you know, I have to cut something short. You know, I, I, you hit me in the head here, Michelle. I feel like you're talking. About, I get pissed because there's times where I've been like, "Hey guys, we got quick twenty minutes. Let's just jump into it." And I do lose some of that connection. So I love, you know, I love your thoughts on that on on adding that in. Um, are you seeing right now? With, I mean, is it? And this is a, a short window period in, in the grand scheme of businesses for us to make a statement. But are you seeing an impact in? overall employee retention based on how we're handling the the interaction in these zoom or teams meetings i mean what you know is there is it something quantifiable or is this something that you just hypothesize like how how are we making the distinctions between i want to you know keep my people and i'm losing my people and michelle if i just talk for five minutes before the conference call am i going to keep my people i mean that's you know at the simplest point is that the answer or is there more to it well i would say that's like one piece of the puzzle so it's not going to be the silver bullet and because it's going to be a combination. So it's, am I building an authentic relationship with my team? Am I being vulnerable and sharing what's actually going on with me too versus just showing up thinking everything's all sunshine and roses? Because And it's not. Like the executives are experiencing just the same pain points as their employees are. So being vulnerable is key in this like being normal, like just being normal and you're talking to someone that they can relate to. Another piece that I would say from a great resignation standpoint is really continuing development of your team. I've seen that is a huge piece that's going by the wayside. So the development portion of teams, so executives developing their teams and 
HR taking the lead on developing their teams and all of that piece of it, it's gone to the wayside or they're continuing to rely on everything web. Well, let's face it, we're sick of being on the web. We're sick of being on conference calls. So we have to introduce things differently so we can engage employees in a different way. When you start having those three pieces, you have relatedness, you're vulnerable, you're communicating, you're you're literally continuing to develop your team. And then on top of it, you're paying them for their worth. So I don't, I'm not saying go out and give people raises. I'm saying let's just make sure that you're paying them for what they're actually worth. And as if you have all of those components, the executives that I'm working with that are continuing with all of those components, they're not seeing employees leave. Their employees are like, sign me up, I'm still here. I know the bigger picture, you're taking care of me in a different way, and they want to stay. Hmm. Look, I, I, lo- I love the results you just described, because the results is, yes, I want to work here, I want to stay, but I want to gain clarity on your definition. You said that the employers that are having better success at retaining employees during the great resignation, catapulting commissions family, if you haven't heard me talk about it or haven't read about it the great resignation right now employees are resigning leaving their companies at an all-time high pick any major publication forbes uh entrepreneur cnbc just google great resignation you'll see exactly what i'm talking about people are leaving the the reasons they're stating they're leaving right is is quality of life becomes a little bit more valuable um some people have learned to make their lifestyle work on one income uh some have said hey you know what i'm going to pursue a passion or have just fallen in love with being at home and, and don't want to make that commute. Whatever the reason is, the great resignation is here. Michelle, you said that those that are developing their people are having a better level of retention, whether it's HR or the executive leadership. Help me understand, when you say develop your people, what's your definition of of, tr- of developing your people? So it looks like where do, like if I'm talking to an employee, where do you want to be a year from today? Or three years from today. And you don't even have to go, this isn't like, where do you want to be five years from today? Kind of question. This is like a realistic, what is the next position that you desire to be in? And let's create the plan. So we're developing you, meaning that I'm coaching you. I'm giving you the tools and resources so you can level up and you're continuing to grow. So you can go into that next position a year from today. And whether it be... And they're taking a risk. So I do want to say this, be really clear. It's a risk because when you develop your team, you also, you're risking that they could leave. But what I've found is that when they're actually developing, they're like, I want to stay here because they're investing in me as a person. Okay. So, uh, so let's keep going down that talk track because I I love it. I love the direction you're going in, but I, I, I want to, when we say develop, people and and this is some of the some of the the confusion I, I, I lie when uh, I, I work with executives or I've seen companies say hey we develop our people you said where do you want to be in three years from now one to two years if I tell you hey Michelle thanks for taking the time where do I want to be in a year and a half from now you know honestly Michelle I would love to uh, be in a position where I have worked some money in savings and some of the money that I have that's that I've saved up is working for me, whether it's in a stock market, cryptocurrency, real estate, just some other passive income method. That's what I, that's where I want to be in 12 months. That's, that's one conversation that happens. 
And another conversation can happen is, is in many times employees will feel when, when their leader asks them, where do you want to be in a year from now? I want to be the manager. I want to be the next top performer. I want to be, Oh, I want to be on the path for growth and I want to retire. And I, I, I believe sometimes we get the corporate answer of where I want to be in a year and not everyone's going to share the personal answer. So where I get stuck with that thought is, um, we, as a leader, I, I feel sometimes you have to be willing to embrace both, like, and almost encouraging both. Um, do you, do you have some, some, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, I, I can talk on this forever cause I love the subject, but I, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I agree. I agree. I agree. So a hundred percent it's personal and professional and, and it's literally both ends of the spectrum. Where do you want to be a year today, year from today, personally, where do you want to be a year from today, professionally? Because quite frankly, a lot of things, how we show up one in one area is how we show up in other areas of our lives. So if you start coaching to the skills underneath the areas of where you want to be, like what are the skills that it's going to take for you to get there and start coaching in those, you're going to start impacting someone's lives, both personally and professionally. And that's where I'm looking at the development piece of it. It's developing the behaviors, developing the skills where they want to be. Someone wants to be a manager a year from today. What are the skills that it's going to take for them to be a manager? Is it leadership skills? Is it PowerPoint skills? I mean, whatever it may be, presentation skills. Is it communication skills? And you start getting underneath of what actually it is that's going to get them to that next level. And a lot of times it's the same thing personally. Hmm. You know, it, it's embracing that that conversation and i love the direction you're going in I, I i love the work you're doing because i do wish more executives followed that path uh you know the sad reality is is sometimes we develop people in two phases right we it it takes a lot to develop somebody personally because what you said is a true reality that person may leave you they may just say hey you know i've outgrown you or hey my passive crypto investment that i've learned from you is now surpassing the income, which I say it and as as a joke. And, and I, I recently had a conversation with an executive of a large company who, you know, he's like, I don't understand and believe this whole crypto BS. I'm like, look, man, I gotta be honest with you, I didn't understand it for a long time either. And the moment I decided to learn it, I'm just I'm telling you, there was a group of young investors right now that are eating up stock market returns. It, whether you believe in it or not, they found a way to make it work. At this point, I'd rather professionally develop somebody and and have them you almost that sense of loyalty, right? Where it's like, do you quit the job? Do you quit the manager? Uh, so, so we, we have to embrace that. There's, there's a great book. Um, and I, I haven't had him on the show yet, but I keep trying to work my way to him. Matthew Kelly, a great book called the dream manager. And the book is 12 or 13 years old. And it talks about, you know, developing people based on their dreams he uses analogy really entry level work of janitorial services. But the whole concept was if I manage people to buy homes, and their first home will they stay forever and a lower lower turnover rate. It, just, it, was an, it was an amazing story, really easy read. But I think about that. I wish more people would execute it on that, which now you said something earlier too, is executive leadership, is it HR. In the organization at all levels, who is responsible for developing their people? Is it the executive leader? Is it HR? Is it middle management? Where does that come from? Or who? Yeah, who's leading the charge here? I believe it starts with the executive leader. Okay. I believe there's a responsibility for any leader, no matter what level, 
that you're, if you have a team of people, it is your responsibility to, to actually develop them. And that starts at the executive, because if you're not doing it at the executive level, the likelihood your next level down isn't doing it and the next level down isn't doing it because they're looking to you to lead the way. So that if you're truly going into the mindset of your lead how you led, you have to lead the way and model it for your team. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it starts starts at the top, right? You know, don't, not, don't do as I say, do as I do. Let's get involved and let's dive in. Uh, you know, and, and I I love... I love my HR people when they're needed, right? HR issues, legality, keep me out of hot water. I do not love my HR people when it comes to developing my people. And I've, and I've had HR people on and I've had people who I've worked with. Like, I can't believe you're talking crap about, look, I myself am a sales leader. I, I'm very skilled in developing that sales person. The, the, that is who, who I work with and who I develop. So I'm going to take that ownership and develop. I'm not going to punt it to the HR person. Now, granted, there are some tools and skills you can use that, that you can learn, but work through me on that. I'm not going to just punt it to you. And, and that, that, that just irks the crap out of me when I see companies and, and leaders do that. I, I look at HR as a resource and a, a tool and resource that you can leverage. Like you may not know, like how do you have a tool I can use to help my employee develop their communication skills? And HR may be able to provide a different resource for you, but I don't look at them as being responsible for it. Mm, that's a that's a really good way. They 100% agree with that statement. They are a resource. They are not responsible uh, because if you if you are the executive as busy as you are, we stated earlier, I don't have the five minutes to say, "Hey, Michelle, how was your family this weekend?" or "What'd you do?" Because I'm so busy that I should definitely be too busy because I don't have the time to Google or look at my intranet or my internal systems or figure out. Hey, how do I help somebody with their presentation skills? Or for heaven forbid, somebody wants to learn, they want financial advice in their portfolio. Like I, I don't want to give you my advice because I'm not a, a licensed financial advisor. Let me find somebody who can work with you. Like all of that, we punt that off. So I, I love that. Yeah. Like utilize your team. Like who's your team that you can start utilizing? And quite frankly, a lot of times you start asking your employees questions and you can punt it back to them. So if you want to learn like this, the, you use crypto as an example, if you want to learn crypto, what resources are currently out there that you can leverage? If we went on to Google today, what resources were there? And you start looking at what those resources are. And then almost then you start creating the plan. You're going to read this book by the state. And you don't have to necessarily be the person that provides the solution to the how you provide the tools to get there. I like that. I like it. You're, you're providing the tools. Uh, I think sometimes you look at the, the leaders, they feel like they have to have the solutions to everything. And, and we don't like just point blank. I've, you know, I, I have had employees who work with me who are really aggressive in real estate. And I tell them, I'm like, man, I, I own a few properties and, and it's just, I'm very traditional old school. Like I bought an extra property, moved on to the next one, just kept it. I am not the savvy real estate investor. But, you know, in full, full fat capital, I'm a business flipper and a crypto. Per I do a lot of other different things that I'm like, oh, I put some money here. I can spruce this up. Then I can go flip it on the open market. Everyone has their different things. So I but I've had people who are really aggressive in real estate. And so I look at them like, hey, I, dude, I'm very basic, but I can introduce you to some people. 
and 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 just being that connector so i love i love that direction um you know the we don't have to provide all exactly and the one thing that i want to circle back to as well as when we get fearful of our employees leaving leaving because we're developing them the one thing you have to remember and what i've seen literally is if an employee leaves they're still an advocate for your company so they're an advocate for you to get more employees they're an advocate for you to get clients so they're out there praising your name and giving you awareness that you wouldn't normally have so it's you're still getting the like the fold back and you're getting the return on investment you're just getting it a completely different way yeah i love that i i think i kudos to that statement and we we definitely you know if you didn't hear that the first time catapult commission sound rewind and listen to that uh, just because somebody leaves you doesn't mean they're your mortal enemy they've they've out and even if they've outgrown you it's one of the harshest re, you know it's it's a reality and you have to face it i, I know um and 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 who i'm going to talk speak about listens to the show consistently um but i know one of my very early professional development employees I hired. I hired a young girl right out of college. I think she was 22 years old. She worked with me for several years. I developed her. I mean, I took her from, you know, 60 grand to over 360 grand a year in income. It was just awesome. And then she came to me one day. She was like, hey, by the way, appreciate all the development, et cetera, et cetera. And in her space, a hot new startup that she has vetted is recruiting her. And the amount of money they were offering her was nearly twice the amount of her highest income year. And I'm like, so she just, you know, she has tears in her eyes having this conversation. And I don't know what she thought my response was going to be. I was like, look, I would leave me. If I could just point like, like, you should leave me. Like, if you don't leave me, I'm going to be mad at you because what you're being offered is just a sign of the times. You grow. I didn't want you to leave. She left. We're lifelong friends. We, I mean, she just came to have dinner with my, with my wife and family a, a couple weeks ago, went to her wedding. But you you embrace that. So you everybody's going to grow from you. And, and I believe you should want people to outgrow you. So, um, I love that. You know, it's speaking of growth. Something I want, I want to dive into here, Michelle, is you know, at, at the time of of recording, at the time of era, we're we're embracing twenty twenty two. Every company right now is is looking at their business, saying, "Here's what we're going to execute in twenty twenty two." Whether it's fiscal year twenty twenty two, which you may be into it already, or if it's calendar year twenty twenty two, you're you're definitely into it. Uh, whatever the scenario is, they're looking at it saying, "Hey, I want I want to grow. I want to achieve." different things uh sales professionals right if you're that high level sales performer listening to the show you you should at this point in time know what your 2022 goals are here's the ugly reality more people fail goals than they achieve right if you go into this whole theme of new year's resolution 92 percent of them don't ever see the day of light they just they sound good and then they don't ever come to life so what do you believe are the core elements for leaders to be successful in achieving their goals so I think it truly, like it boils down to, I, I coach on five different areas and it's really intentional that I coach in these areas and it's all in leadership, becoming the leader of your life, the leader in your work, leader in your relationships, leader in your organization and leader of your team. And when you have all five components put together, you've all of a sudden created this magical powerhouse to achieve your goals. So if we dive into leader of your life, your life impacts your business and vice versa. Like, let's talk about personal. When you have stuff going on personally, it's gonna impact you professionally. And that's just so it goes. 
whether your well-being, your mental health, your physical health, your like community, your like whatever it's like super important to you from a well-being perspective and it looks different for everybody, but that needs to be handled. And I will tell you that 80% of the executives I work with, that is not handled right off the bat. Okay. So when you say that's not handled, what does that look like? Someone's going to say, I have it handled, but let's just give them a, here's the ugly mirror. What does not being handled look like? It means you are not in action. Let's say 80% of the time doing that thing that you really want to do. So let's say I want to be 25 pounds lighter, but you're not doing anything to eat better, exercise, do anything towards that goal. Or you're doing it like once a week and you're hoping you're, you have a hoping phase into this, or let's say community, like community is super important to you. You want to spend time with your community. If you're not spending any time with your community, then you have a well-being that's not taken care of. You're not feeding yourself like you need to feed yourself. You're starving yourself. Okay. I like it. I like it. It's, it's it, I would be an advocate on why this is, this is why you need a Michelle in your corner. Cause someone has to say, Hey, you said this, but in reality you didn't. And I have found, and, and I'm going to throw some jabs at some of the executives I know who listen in, right? I have found the higher you go up, the less people around you want to say, Hey, you're fucking up, dude. Hey, that's not the right stuff you're doing. Hey, you said this, I'm calling BS because the higher you go up, it's, it's, it's an ugly part of the corporate structure of the entrepreneur structure. And I, 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 it cringes me when I see it. You want people around you that challenge you. Like you have to have someone that says you're full of shit. Anthony, you said you wanted to lose weight. You're eating Taco Bell every night. You're drinking four beers a night. That is not aligned with what you just said, but because you're the CEO of a eight figure business or whatnot, and you have this power and you make this income and you have this status, people don't want to have that conversation. So I, I love, I love, I love that. So the, these five areas, right? You said life, uh, work, relationships, organization, and team. Yes. Okay. Can we talk a little bit about maybe like the relationship component? Like how does that have to be in line? Like creating healthy relationships, more than anything, people want to be seen, like seen for not what they're doing, but for who they're being, like who they are out in the world. They want to be heard. They want communication. So not just, hey, I heard you, but really listening, asking powerful questions back and forth and acknowledgement. And when we look at acknowledgement, it's really like responsibility for our actions and for other people's actions. So acknowledgement of I did this thing that was freaking fantastic, or I did this thing that was not so fantastic and owning and having ownership. And a lot of times what I'm finding is that we're not in true relationship with people. We're not seeing them outside of, Hey, high five. Let me give you a high five. You hit that sale. And that's what you're acknowledging them for versus not, not seeing that they were resilient. They, they were like a pillar. They were responsible. They like everything that goes into getting that sale. That's how you're seeing somebody. Okay. I like, I love it. I, I like, I like that direction you're going in and, and having that five part framework. I mean, it really just says, Hey, are all five 
in alignment. I'm assuming if one's not in alignment, your chance for success is less. Is that? Yes. That means you're not in relationship. You're out of relationship. So you can literally say if one component is out, you're out of relationship with that person. And, and truly like from a true, like authentic, like trusting, vulnerable relationship, you're out. And when you, and this piece is so critical because when you're not in relationship, you no longer have trust. So if you're an executive and you no longer have relationship with your team and they're not trusting you, how likely are they going to go out and do as you say, or feel inspired by you or want to literally do everything impossible for you to win versus just for them to win. I love it. I, I think that that relationship component that you share with your people, the trust factors, everything. Michelle, where does my personal relationship fall in this? Is this part of relationship? Is this part of life? And, and I say my relationship with my spouse, right? Or, or my relationship with my kids. Where does that fall in line with my ability to achieve my goal? Is that relationship component? Is that life component? Is that other? Help me out there. I would say it's an and conversation, not an either okay. or. Because okay. if a relationship is part of your life and you have kids or family is important and you're not spending time with, with them or you're not, you're not in relationship, so it's a both component. So if you're out of relationship, that means you have a breakdown in your life and your relationship means that you're, you have two areas to work on to get yourself back into from an integrity. Let's look at like an integrity standpoint. And once you're back in integrity, hey, great. Then you have two places back in and you're back in your full power to achieve your goals. Mm. I, I like how you, I, I, I like where you, you go with this because I look at it from uh, the, it's not an either or, it's an and. I know in, in my business, right, my, my wife is my business partner. My wife has her own business and I'm her business partner. She was also my wife. <laughs> we also run a family home. We, I have learned that if her and I aren't in sync and because I didn't do the laundry or I didn't spend enough time, like whatever the situation may be, it definitely impacts mine or her business. And so we, we have gotten to the point, and I'm not a marriage counselor, and I, we've gotten to the point where like, okay, when we're going to talk business, we separate, we go from home, we, 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 you know, go on a day, day, we go on a lunch day, we go sit outside, completely away from the home, not in her business, not in mine, because it's neutral ground. Um, but I've learned, I'm, I'm glad you said that, because I, I, we just had a conversation within our own, my own marriage, like, okay, what are our goals, personal business goals for next year? How are we going to execute them? Um, but we just share them. And, you know, we can, this is a whole nother episode. I am not the business or sales coach for my wife's business. I can't be coach and husband. It just, I've tried it and it just doesn't, it does, doesn't work. <laughs> so I, I love, I love that. All right. So I love the five part framework and achieving the goals. Let's go on the opposite side. There's, there's going to be people who are listening, who are going to say, okay, I have the five part framework in, I get it, but I'm still going to fail. Like, all right, I'm going to miss my goal. What is that reason that people are failing, you know, even exec executives are failing to achieve their goals? They haven't put in structures sufficient to their resistance. I know that's a really long say, but structures sufficient to their resistance. And you can look at resistance of, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough resources. There's not support. There's not money. Like you're looking at like they're not setting themselves up and putting things in place 
to ensure that they're setting themselves up to be successful. So if they know they have a crazy schedule and they know that they're literally like going in and they're going to be busy all week and they're not going in necessarily saying, okay, here, guess what? I have no availability proactively in saying no to the things that is not a priority. So number one, number two is that they're not necessarily saying here are my top priorities that I need to achieve, take on today. Like these are the things I, these are my must haves. And like, instead of looking at all the task level stuff, they get muddled in the task stuff. So they're not intentional with taking on their priorities. Just, okay. so it's just, so it's literally putting structures in place. So it's a structure of putting in your top priorities and these are your top priorities. This is what you're going to take on. It's ensuring that you have resources available to yourself. So you're not doing it alone. Uh, catapult the commission's family. Hold up. Rewind. Up. Those are some tweetable moments right there. Let's be honest here. Michelle, I've interviewed I mean, hundreds of guests at this point, thousands of hours even on air versus off air. Speaking of leadership coaching, structure sufficient to their resistance i mean hashtag we're trademarking that michelle cox i mean i love that phrase like you you know this is this once once it's dated launch that that is yours like i love 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 that like i can't i can't picture of a better way to have that conversation do you have the structure in place because you're right we are going to resist there's going to be something that says right it goes to that old cliche of like oh i created the goal because i was so motivated at the time but i didn't think about all this negative all the things that are going to hit me back right it's, it's like murphy's law hey i'm going to lose weight p.s why don't you come to this beautiful dessert tasting competition Ugh, that's not what i was anticipating in life but it's going to happen so i like that I, I i genuinely love that phrase I, I i really do and if i ever use it again i'll always give you credit for it because i i think it's amazing um because adversity is going to happen like just bottom line adversity is going to happen do you have the support system in place? And it, it's really like all these things, when you put all the components, when you have a full plan together, and then you keep measuring back to that plan, you're, you're saying like, what's getting in my way? What's getting in my way? And that's why people utilize me is because I am the reflection to them in saying what's getting in your way. So you don't stop that you continue to move forward. I love it. You you provide a level of objectivity that we can't provide ourselves. And that is a absolute necessity. If you do not think the most successful minds in the earth have somebody that's providing a level of objectivity, I'm going to challenge you, Catapult to Commission's family, think again. You have to have somebody that's going to point the ugly mirror back at you that's going to have you think of things differently and and you know michelle you work as an executive coach i work as a sales coach i love when i get a sales performer or a, someone that says do this this or whatever it is and i i love it i'm like hey, gotta be honest, man you're bullshitting me and they just look at me like i just paid you for an hour yeah 100 dude like let's i don't work for you like I, I there's no performance review like i you're paying me for my time so you know we're we've We've agreed on a level of honesty here, and I think you're full of shit right now. So let's peel some layers back. Let's talk about this. And I, I, I'm a big fan of having that person in your corner. Uh, speaking of that, Michelle, let's. You know, I, I don't want to run out of time here without giving people an opportunity to learn more about you. So how does somebody learn more about you? What type of work are you are you doing? Who is the ideal people you work with? All that fun stuff. 
Yeah. So you can find me on my website, which is michellelcox.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Those are the two best places to find me. So my last name is spelled C-O-X. And let's see, what else? I My ideal cl- client, literally any executive CEO is who my ideal client is, it's who I've worked with for the last seven and a half, year, almost eight years now. And they're, I'm passionate about it. And I'm passionate about it because I believe executives have the ability to create a butterfly effect throughout an entire organization. And it starts with them. Mm, I agree with you, Michelle. I definitely think the executives create, you know, they're the first domino to fall. It creates this massive, massive uh, change in an organization. I just recently had a conversation with a client of mine with all on the theory of change management and 100% starts at the top. So uh, Catapult to Commissions family, do me a favor, go get connected, michellealcox.com. Check her on LinkedIn at michellealcox. You'll find both of those links in the show notes below. Michelle, we wish you nothing but an abundant success and thank you for joining the Catapult to Commissions show. I look forward to hearing a uh, numerous success stories and and on air will you come back in about 12 to 18 months so we can see what has changed absolutely i would love it great michelle we'd love to have you back on the show catapult commissions family you know what to do like subscribe comment and i will see you next week Catapulting Commission's family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commission's podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commission's, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.